This is Joseph Bower, and I'd like to welcome you to another podcast from Hatik Bahamashiach Ministries. In this podcast, I want to focus on a commandment that's found in the book of Exodus, chapter 23, verse 13. And in that passage, Yerevathed commands us, And in all that I have said to you, take heed, and make no mention of the name of other mighty ones. Let it not be heard from your mouth. Note that Yedevave did more than command us not to speak the names of pagan gods. We're not to even mention them in any way. As you might imagine, it makes it very difficult to teach about these pagan gods, although teaching about this commandment is very necessary. Many people may not even be aware of how often we mention the gods of other nations. For example, consider the two New Year days on the Hebrew calendar. One begins in the seventh month, and the other begins in the spring as the Aviv begins to ripen. Now, Leviticus 2.14 describes the Aviv as the fresh heads of barley that can be harvested and offered to yod on Habakarim, or the Feast of First Fruits. Now, as the Hebrews in the mixed multitude were preparing to leave Egypt, yod told Moshe and Aharon, This new moon, which is with reference to the, the month the Aviv is beginning to ripen, is the beginning of new moons for you. It is the first new moon of the year for you. So we have our first new year in the spring. The second new year begins on the first day of the seventh month, which is also Yom Teruah, or the Feast of Trumpets. And on this day, we traditionally greet each other with some of our traditional Rosh Hashanah, blessings as we prepare for the days of all leading up to Yom HaKippurim or the Day of Atonements. Yes, atonements is plural. It's not just a day of atonement, but of atonements. So which one is the true Rosh Hashanah? Is it in the spring or is it in the fall? Well, they both are. Yah's command to celebrate the beginning of our months in the spring did not annul the new year that begins in the fall as is borne out in Scripture. In Leviticus chapter 20, Yehovah gave Moshe the commandments regarding the sabbatical years and the Yovel. And the Yovel is the 50th year, which is also known as the Jubilee year. It is noteworthy that the Yovel year begins on the 10th day of the seventh month, which is the Day of Atonements, and not on the first day of the seventh month. But that's a topic for another study. Given that we are to observe seven sabbatical years for 45, 49 years, and then the Jubilee on Yom HaKippurim on the 50th year, well, it stands to reason that the sabbatical years also begin on the 10th day of the seventh month. And sabbatical years and the Jubilee are from fall to fall, not spring to spring. So the problem isn't with celebrating two New Year's days in one year, it's the fact that most of the world celebrates its New Year's Day in the dead of winter, which was a tradition that began under the Roman king Numa, who was king of Rome from around 715 to 673 BCE. Numa changed the Babylonian New Year that was celebrated in the spring to the first day of January in honor of the god Janus. He was the Roman god of all beginnings. And as a result, today, most of the world has chosen to honor a pagan New Year's Day rather than the two New Year's Days that Yehovah Elohim has commanded us. During the Babylonian exile and in the years following their return from Babylon, the Jewish exiles elected to replace the names of the Hebrew months in favor of the names of the Babylonian months. 
most if not all were named after pagan gods or are associated with some type of worship of a pagan god. Now the first month, the month of Aviv, was replaced by Nisan from the Babylonian month called Arach Nisanu. It is the month of beginning. Now this sounds innocent enough except that the Babylonians dedicated this month to the pagan god Baal, which is also a reference to the Babylonian god Marduk. The second month of Ziv is actually mentioned in 1 Kings 6 1, but it was replaced by Ayar, the Babylonian month of blossoming, and corresponds to the worshiping of gods associated with this springtime of the year. Scripture doesn't mention a name for the third month, but Sivan was adopted from the Babylonian calendar for the Hebrew third month. The fourth month, well, this one has to be the biggest insult of all. After the Babylonian exile, the fourth month was renamed the month of Tammuz, which honored the Mesopotamian god of fertility. In Ezekiel 8.14, the prophet describes the abomination of women who were sitting before the temple gate weeping for Tammuz. And this was just prior to Yudhavathe removing his presence from the temple and Jerusalem. And now, according to some sources, the fifth month on the Hebrew calendar is the only month that is not mentioned in Scripture. Traditionally, it is a month in which a number of disasters have occurred worldwide that have directly affected Jewish and Hebrew people. Ironically, Jewish leaders adopt the Babylonian name Av for this month. And Av, if you'll remember, is a term for father. And it raises a question. Which father were the Babylonians thinking of? And which father were the Hebrews thinking of? Well, the next month is the sixth month of Elul, and it's mentioned in Nehemiah 6.15. And the wall was completed on the 25th of the month of Elul in 52 days. Now, this was after their return to the land from Babylon, and Jewish leaders retained the Babylonian name Elul, which means harvest, which this is the fall harvest time. Then in 1 Kings 8.2, we find the Hebrew name of the seventh month. All the men of Israel assembled themselves to King Solomon at the feast in the month of Ethanim, which is the seventh month. Ethanim was replaced with the Babylonian name Tishri, which means the month of beginning. 1 Kings 6.38 mentions the eighth month and it is called the month of Bull, B-U-L which was later replaced by the Babylonian name of Cheshvan. Now, some believe Cheshvan was a reference to the moon month. Kislev is the ninth month on the Jewish calendar, and it's also mentioned in Zechariah 7.1, which was after their return to the land. Now, on the Babylonian calendar, this month is called Arach Kislemu. Kislev is the ninth month on the Hebrew calendar, and it's also mentioned in Zechariah 7.1, Kislev takes its name from the Babylonian month called Arach Kislemu. The name of the tenth month, Tevet, is also from the Babylonian calendar, and that month was Arach Tebutum, meaning the muddy month, because of all the rains that fall during that time of the year. Shavat, the eleventh month, again is mentioned in Zechariah 1.7, adopted from the Babylonian calendar month of Sabatu which means strike, and that's a reference to the heavy rains that actually strike the earth during this time of year. The Jewish leadership adopted the Babylonian month of Adar, 
and it is yet another reference to a Babylonian god. It is the 12th month on the Hebrew calendar. So while not all the months on the Babylonian calendar are named for specific gods, most, if not all, are associated with pagan beliefs and pagan celebrations of their many gods or mighty ones. Now, knowing Yudhavave's commandments, why would a Hebrew or a Jewish person accept pagan names for the Hebrew months? Now, the same holds true for the names of the months on the Gregorian calendar. For instance, January, named after Janus, a Roman god with beginnings and transitions. And in Roman mythology, Janus is sometimes called the god of all gods and is usually depicted as having two faces. And February is from the Roman month, Februarius, which means purification. And this is a reference to a purification ritual of Fabrua, held on the 15th month on the old lunar Roman calendar. And the 15th month, of course, would be during the full moon. March is the month of Mars. April was in honor of the goddess Venus. May for the Greek goddess Maia, which was identified in the Roman era as a goddess of fertility, Bona Di. June is named in honor of the Roman goddess Juno, the goddess of marriage and the wife of Jupiter. July, in honor of Julius Caesar, who was considered to be a god by his people. Same with August, who is in honor of Emperor Augustus. September is from the Latin word for seven. And September is unique because a day was added this month when Julius Caesar was deified. October, from the Latin month eighth, is a month when the Romans celebrated many pagan festivals regarding like sacred stones. Those the sacred stones, one covered the gate of Hades and the other was there for making rain. November, the Latin for nine, was the month when Rome celebrated some of its other religious festivals. And December from the Latin for 10. And during this month, the Romans celebrated their sun god. They celebrated a goddess of agriculture, the god Saturn, as well as the birth of their sun god on December the 25th. Back to the Babylonians, who also used a lunar calendar. The Babylonians assigned separate observances for certain times of the month. For instance, the first day of the month was, was determined by the first visible crescent of the new moon. Many today still hold with that traditional belief of the first visible crescent. The seventh day of the month was referred to the waxing half moon. The 19th of the month was dedicated to an offended goddess. The 28th day to the last visible crest of the moon. And the 29th was dedicated to the invisible moon. And if necessary, so was the 30th day as well. And there's more. Consider the names of the days of the week. Now, the Hebrews referred to the days of the week as day one from the Sabbath, day two from the Sabbath, day three from the Sabbath, and so on until we reach the Sabbath. Today, you may hear people refer to Yom 1, Yom 2, that's day one, day two. In contrast, the world has adopted different names for the days of the week. Sun Day, the day of the sun, in honor of the Roman sun god. Monday is the day of the moon. Tuesday is from the Latin name Dis Martis, and it is the day of Mars. Wednesday, from the Latin word, it means the day of Mercury. 
Now, the Old English, it was the day of Wooten, reflecting a religion practiced by some of the Anglo-Saxons, and the English equivalent of the Norse god Odin. Thursday, Thor's Day, named after the Norse god of thunder, Thor. The Romans honored Jupiter, or Jove, who was a, their supreme god and patron of the Roman state. The Greeks honored Zeus, the god of the heavens and the supreme Greek god on this day. And Friday is from the Latin term that means the day of Venus, or the day of Aphrodite for the Greeks. And of course, Saturday is Saturn's day. Exodus 23:13. And in all that I have said to you, take heed and make no mention of the name of other mighty ones. Let it not be heard from your mouth. If we are going to truly be Torah observant followers of the Messiah, Yehoshua, then we have some changes to make, just as I do. In this podcast, in this teaching, I use the names of pagan gods, and for that I ask my Father's forgiveness, but not only His forgiveness, I ask for His instruction on how we can teach about these pagan gods in the pays and days of the week without using their names. But as you can see, teaching others to observe this commandment without mentioning the names of pagan gods or their mighty wounds is, is difficult. But with the Spirit's help, we will find a way. And as we learn not to use the traditional names of the months and the days of the week, we also have to find a way to tell people which month or day of the week we are observing in a way that they will understand. And it may be we have to go, okay, I'll see you on the 25th rather than naming a specific pagan day. And of course, you have to ask yourself this, will the ridicule and the shaking of heads we will surely face be worth the trouble of honoring one of Yadhebave's commandments, even if it's overlooked by most of the world? If your answer is no, it won't be worth it, then I suggest you need to rethink your answer. I remember something I read a few years ago. The world is finite until you look up and see the infinite. So when the questions and the ridicule and the shaking the heads began, just as it did when you started honoring the Sabbath and eating a clean diet, don't look at the world around you. Look up and see the infinite one, the one who created you and loved you enough to allow his only begotten son to die in your place so you could spend eternity with him. Remember, he did not give us a commandment that is too difficult for us to keep. In Deuteronomy, Devarim 30.11, For this command which I am commanding you today, it is not too hard for you, nor is it far off. We have to find a way to honor our Father's commandments. So let me encourage you to get together with other like-minded believers and carefully consider this commandment. What are your thoughts? Is this a command that's worth the trouble? Yes, of course it is. So what are some of the ways we can start honoring this commandment and help others to understand when we don't use traditional names of months and days of the week? Get together, discuss it, study it, and share your thoughts and your ideas with others, including me. You can reach me at my email, mravyosef at gmail.com. That's M-R-A-V-Y-O-S-E-F at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and have a great week. Shalom, shalom.